0: for the persecutor.
1: Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in the studio today with Will Hart. He is the CEO of Iris Global. We're going to talk about their ministry, particularly their ministry in Africa. And uh, Will, thanks for being with us. Welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio.
2: Thank you so much, Todd. It's just an honor to be here.
1: Give me and and give our listeners a little bit of background on Iris Global. How did it start? What do you do? Where are you? Uh, Just give us the kind of 30,000-foot view.
2: Yeah, I'll do my best. There's a (laughs) lot in that 30,000 feet. Um, But long story short, um, it's a ministry that was started by Heidi and Roland Baker about 25 years ago. Uh, Heidi and Roland got started early on. Uh, ministering on the streets uh, in Alaska, ministering on the streets of the UK while they were there studying uh, to get their doctorates at King's. Roland, uh, Heidi's husband, found a magazine, the Time Life magazine, uh, and on the cover it said that Mozambique was the most dangerous and the most poor country in the world. And they took that as soon as they graduated and flew directly out to Mozambique to start their work. (laughs) Uh, That's our founding. That that gives you a little picture. (laughs) This is the poorest
1: and most dangerous country in the world. And they said, hey, God must be sending us there. Yeah.
2: It was coming out of the grips of socialism at the time. And uh, I've sat with Roland and Heidi both, but the stories of when they first moved out, the abject poverty, the suffering that was happening on the streets was horrendous. Roland tells me stories of waking up as People are being viciously attacked in the streets, and they said, this is where we're called to. We're called to the least and the lowest. Wow. And they started a children's home in Mashava, which is a small little kind of town on the outskirts of Maputo in southern Mozambique, and really for years gave their lives uh, serving the poor, the sick, the needy, and the broken. And in the middle of that, started a couple of churches, by their own admission, was very, very hard ground, and took in, I think it was about 200 kids at that point, and were really struggling through to see the fruit that they knew that the Lord had and knew that the Lord called them there for. And it wasn't until about 1995 that things really started to explode as far as the fruit that they knew that the Lord was calling them there for.
1: Five years is a long time to be like, okay, wh- yeah. <laughs>
2: when, when are we going to see this? Uh, Heidi, You got. I just want to paint everybody a quick picture. Heidi is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, stunning Laguna Beach, California girl, surfer girl that radically got saved at 15 years old. So when people think kind of that standard missionary view, she was not in any way, shape, or form. Rollin, Rollin was the lifelong missionary. H.A. Baker, Rollin's grandfather and father, all served in China. So Rollin oh, wow. had a little bit okay. of that so mission. Yeah. has that historic yeah. family. Oh, man, and the writings of H.A. Baker, I don't know if anybody has ever heard of him, but are just some of my favorites, and they just dedicated everything they had. But at their own admittance, they were they were done. 19... 1990, 1994, 95, they were just done. They, Heidi, um, she, she got on a flight. She was sick, got on a flight, uh, and went to Canada uh, to an event. And it's basically said, God, unless you touch me, unless something happens, like I'm going to go back and work it." Kmart. Uh, you know, if you don't touch me, I'm just going to go back, leave the field, and move because move and, and, I'm done. As as many missionaries right. reach that point. A lot point. of people get yeah, to that point. Yeah. And then uh at this at this series of meetings, the Holy Spirit really spoke to Heidi and, and and refreshed her. Her story is spectacular, and for any that wants to listen, they can they can look it up. But long story short, she spends days just rededicating herself to the work as the Holy Spirit called her. A pastor actually called her out of the crowd. He heard that there was a a missionary burnt out from Mozambique in the service. And he called her out and really be gave her what he felt was a word from the Lord, that God was, God was giving her favor and we're all in favor again in Mozambique. And uh, her testimony is so beautiful. She, she came up to the altar, wept, and basically stayed there uh, for eight days, just weeping, uh, wow. rededicating herself, mm-hmm. and really catching vision for a nation that she was struggling in. And so she goes home, she gathers, and when I say she, it's it's Heidi and Rollin together, but uh, they gather uh, their their 12 leaders that they had, and they began to pray over them the same things that they were prayed over in Canada. And immediately everything shifted. They started to see miracles taking place. They had never really witnessed that before. Uh, but But with that came this favor and this zeal out of their leadership as well. And then fast forward a few years, um, the floods took place, I believe it was 2000, 2001, uh, I think some of the worst flooding ever in the history of Southern Africa. And it was at that point that they began to go to those who were stranded, starving uh, in the bush. Uh, Rollin is a pilot, and so they would fly their planes, the stories of flying the planes, landing in mud, and, and they began to see churches start to get planted. As the masses starting to come to the Lord, so fast forward all these years later, later thousands of churches have been planted. I, you know, I hate to give the number because our churches are not just you know a, a nice big building with a sound system. Many of our churches started under a tree, mm-hmm. um, but I've and so I've heard everything. But it's thousands. Uh, I know it's I know it's right around that five thousand mark, if not more, that we know about. Right? Yeah, have started in Mozambique. Tell
1: us about the change in Mozambique. Really, over one generation, this entire nation has been spiritually changed, and, and yeah. you guys have been a part of that. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that change.
2: God God has used Iris, but it's definitely we are not alone. You know, the Bible that we use, Wycliffe, I, I've met some of those guys as I was a missionary myself in northern Mozambique that spend 25 years with their family and their kids— uh, in the bush, sitting and just processing through uh, the New Testament, none of what God is has done is, is rests on the back of any man or any ministry. It is all a work of the Lord. And uh, but for whatever reason, I think I think we're just crazy. We don't take no <laughs> for an answer. We we believe part of our core values that the supernatural is not an option in our ministry. And we don't mean that just with the, with the flashy stuff, you know, the provision of the Lord. We, we definitely, we don't fundraise as an organization. We, we believe that the, that the Lord will provide. So that runs deep in our heritage. That r- runs deep in who we are as a movement. And so that involves everything. Favor with village chiefs. It's amazing. We shouldn't be able to walk in and, and have a village chief gather the entire village within hours To 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 hear hear your message, but that has happened thousands upon thousands of times, and uh, and the and and this gospel spread throughout Mozambique because of that.
1: How how does that affect you as a worker when you get to a village like that and you see God's gone ahead of you, He's got everything ready, and you just have to walk in that? How does that build your sense of confidence and your sense of excitement on a day to day basis of saying, "Wait a minute." I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm just walking after God.
2: Yeah, it it is something that we humbly live expectantly that God is who he says he is and does what he says he's going to do. Now, at the same time we've lived both. We've lived through the struggles. We've lived through that tension of going of uh, I'm doing everything you said to do and yet I'm not seeing the fruit, Lord. And we've also lived in we're barely doing anything. It feels like in the natural, <laughs> and yet the 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 masses are coming to you, Jesus. And so I think I think for me, as I've been walking my faith out for the last twenty years, i I see his hand in both, and I see his hand in 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 what the portion that he's given us in in the struggle, but also in the in the fruit. so i I don't try to figure it out. I stop doing that. Early on, because uh, I don't have those answers.
1: What would you say to a listener who is in that place where Heidi was, of saying, "I'm about done. I've given everything I have to give. I'm about done." Yeah. How How would you encourage that, that listener who's listening to this broadcast, maybe looking for an answer yeah. to that question?
2: And I've been there myself. I, I've left the field disgruntled before. I, I've done that, uh, so I, I know this personally, and I've and I've suffered through. We had a loss of a baby. Uh, we've had babies that we've taken care of that have passed away there. I know that struggle uh, and that tension. Um, at the end of the day, Jesus is worth it all. He is the pearl of great price. And, and, and catch, I, hope, I hope those who are listening can catch my heart. This is not a head knowledge. Uh, Jesus is not a God that is far away. And he, he said, uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. That was a command from Jesus. And very quickly after that, he said, but I will leave with you another, the counselor, the spirit of truth, who the world does not understand. And, and what I love in missions is that many of us have that, have that maybe maybe not in the older generations, but I'm saying in that younger generation, and I, I haven't hit my 40s yet, so I'll speak a little bit to that. But Many of us, we try to live by the standard of the world. We try to fight this justice out of our own strength. And at the end of the day, we are called to give our lives away for him. And there is that battle and that tension uh, that I think all missionaries have on on how much of the peace of the world do I live in, right? Because we do live in this world, but how much am I fully given, wholly given to him? in the middle of that. And for us, in our organization, for Heidi, and in my own life, I I can't speak to everybody else because I know their situations are unique. If it was not for the grace of his Holy Spirit and that closeness of Jesus himself that draws near as we seek him, as we worship in the middle of the trials and the tribulations, I, I wouldn't be here. And so for me in my life, and I know for Heidi and Roland in their life, it was the power of his presence and the nearness of Jesus that actually keeps us going. He is worth it. Amen. (laughs) You're listening
1: to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're talking with Will Hart. He is the CEO of Iris Global, and we're talking in particular about the nation of Mozambique. Will, this is a a new nation for our listeners. We haven't had a conversation about Mozambique, and obviously we're at Voice of the Martyrs. We're talking about persecution we don't necessarily think of Mozambique as a hostile or restricted nation.
2: <laughs> we didn't either. <laughs> <but> <laughs> so tell us
1: what changed. So Why why are we talking about Mozambique on, yeah. a, on a show about persecution of Christians?
2: Uh, just, just so you know, Todd, I'm not a professional when it comes to stats. I do my best to keep up. Uh, I've lived in Mozambique. I have a niece that is Mozambique, and my two children were born in Mozambique. I have a sister that's a long-term missionary there, and we have teams on the ground. So most of the information I'm going to give you is stuff that I've uh, listened uh, in the news and also firsthand accounts, mm-hmm. uh, and, and as well as some personal experiences that I've had there uh, as of recently. Uh, but there was a shift. There's always been tension. There's always been stuff. I remember being there uh, years ago. Rockets went off, and we drove up to go minister to wherever the bombing took place. That was uh, 16 years ago when I was living there. Uh, There's always been some political things uh, between the two parties and tensions, and every couple of years that would rise up. But uh, about two, three years ago, things took a different turn up in Cabal Delgado. And just a brief history. So we were in Maputo, which is the south, and about uh, 16, 17 years ago, Heidi and Roland really felt the Lord said, leave the work that's going on in the south, which is a big deal. That was like the flagship thousands of visitors coming from around the world, books that were written about what God was doing there in Maputo. And so all of a sudden the leader goes, okay, I'm done here. The Lord is calling us to minister to the Makua, the Makandi, the Mwani bride. And Heidi and Roland left uh, to go pioneer a new work up north. By most uh, metrics, the Makua, Makandi, Mwani were, were really unreached people groups. And so I was actually part of that first team that went up and we began to pioneer work in Pemba, which is in Cabo Delgado. When I first got there, now it's totally changed, but it was just mud huts and a few tourist spots because it's on the ocean. But nothing really was there. And, yeah, so they began to pioneer uh, with a small team of nationals and a few international missionaries to go and and start uh, planning churches from scratch. From I mean, really, basically scratch. from scratch. Yeah, I, wow. I I'll never forget the way that we felt like the Lord has given us grace to go and, and preach the gospel was we take the Jesus film in the in the local language, and then right after uh, the film we quickly get up and we begin to pray for the sick, and in fact as uh, as I've witnessed hundreds of times the breakthrough in people receiving Jesus comes when they see the sick getting healed. And Which we, they've just seen in
1: the movie. I mean, if mm-hmm. you watch the Jesus film, yeah. Jesus
2: heals the sick, yep.
1: and then it happens right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to make the connection that, hey, this is Jesus yes. who's doing this.
2: I've seen it so many times. We've had teams of doctors come out. There's a book that's even written uh, where, where a team of doctors, one from Harvard, came out, and they would test patients before. We, we see... Uh, there's a lot of, uh, in the villages, there's a lot of deaf, deafness, blindness, uh, amongst many other diseases. But, but the town knows, the entire town, you, you go into these villages, they know who the deaf are. They know who the blind are. And so when, when the Lord opens up ears or opens up eyes, there is no doubt that he is moving. And entire villages will come to the Lord in a moment. I, I've witnessed it with my own eyes Countless times, and, and I am not, and I am not exaggerating. When, when we see the fruit of thousands of churches planted in an unreached group in a short period of time, it is it is only by His hand and the move of the Spirit. But obviously,
1: the enemy is not going to be very happy about that. So you've seen some pushback, yeah, in, in that northern region, yeah. So the, about,
2: about the last three years, things have taken a turn. Um, what started off with a small group, we didn't really know what it was. We thought it might be political. We thought, you know, you just have these rumblings. Uh, it's isolated, so there are, there isn't you know a lot of news. And at the same time, nations don't always um, uh, share. they don't
1: always want there to be news. Yeah.
2: Um, so it was mostly just rumors and and uh, testimonies that we get from people on the ground. But really, in the last eight months or so. Uh, it is it is ramped up. They're calling themselves Al-Shabaab, uh, but it, it's not connected with the group in Somalia or Sudan. Uh, I, Al-Shabaab just means, I think, the young ones are youth. And recently, from the, from the testimonies that I'm hearing on the ground, it has taken much more of a religious turn. And they're killing everyone. They're not just killing Christians, but they're also killing uh, nominal Muslims as well. Uh, so every everyone is is being affected
1: everyone who doesn't measure up to their version of Islam is worthy of death.
2: That is exactly what is what we are hearing on the ground
1: This is brutal, brutal attacks. This is not you know a missile shot from a distance. This no. is horribly personal and horribly brutal.
2: Yeah. there was a few thousand refugees uh a month or two ago. And now I believe the reports are around 250 uh, refugees have come and they fled the northern part of Mozambique. And they're coming down to Pemba, which is the closest, the closest major city, which is where our base is. And so we're doing whatever we can to feed and get the gospel out in the middle of it. And, and, and Heidi, who is there, she, she's been in Mozambique. Not, she doesn't hop in and out. She's been there uh, since COVID. She does travel and speak, but that is her home and so she's sitting daily with these people, and the testimonies uh, that I'm hearing from on the ground in 20 years, and I've traveled this planet, I've been to over 50 nations. The testimonies that I'm hearing are some of the most horrific I've, I've ever heard. They 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 are the same ones that I see that mark the walls of this amazing, uh, you know, voice of the martyrs office. And if any of you haven't been here, I want to encourage you. I stopped and read. Uh, the testimonies on the outside wall. it, it, it shook me to the core. Uh, but children are being uh, murdered. Uh, I've heard everything from decapitation, even to cannibalism uh, at the at forced by the hands of those who are who are persecuting.
1: And this group has now officially the the al-shabaab group and again, It's not the same as al-Shabaab in Somalia, right? but they have pledged allegiance to the Islamic State.
2: Yes, the Islamic State did take um, ownership of some of the attacks. Uh, Most recently, uh, Masimba de de Praia, the whole entire city was taken over. Uh, We have a base there, and we have a clinic there, and from what I have heard, it is gone. Our our clinic is burnt down. Um, uh, Our missionaries left about eight months ago to a year ago. And the reports that they're getting from their pastors on the ground are that it, everything's gone, the base is gone, and, and and the
1: clinic is burnt down. So, how are Christians in the northern part of Mozambique? How are they responding to this? What are they doing?
2: We're finding out daily right now. I mean, really, this is happening now. Um, I was on the phone with Heidi yesterday, and um, she's listening to the stories of the ones that actually make it out, make the five days. There was one woman; uh, her husband was a pastor and they, they decapitated him. Uh, she took her children and fled uh, into the bush. They starved for five days until I think they caught a ride. They, they made it into Pemba. And actually, you can watch the video on our YouTube channel of her testimony. They're they're just coming and getting help whenever they can, and if they show up on our base, uh, we're, we're doing whatever we can to help them. We're feeding thousands daily right now. And, uh, and well... Partially in thanks to Voice of the Martyrs, we're actually getting the, the Bible, the Solar Bible, into their hands. You guys, you guys, as soon as you heard about it, surrounded us and, and did whatever you could to get the word, which we love, the Solar Bibles that you guys use. And we use them ourselves. And so not only are we feeding, uh, we're, we're not an aid organization. Right. We are a gospel-centered uh, organization. We are there uh, not just to feed, but we do believe that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, on the ground. And so, yeah, we're getting the word, and we're doing whatever we can to find shelter for people, and but definitely feed uh, feed people.
1: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Will Hart. He is the CEO of Iris Global. Will, I, I want to I ask you a question about safety, because we've talked about the fact that this city has just been taken, that yeah. you have a base there, you have people there. How do you balance as as a leader in the organization, <laughs> the idea yeah. that, you know, we, we have an obligation and we want to protect yeah. our staff, but God's calling us to do this work in this very dangerous yeah. place that seems to be getting more dangerous by the day. Yeah, How do you think about those two sides of the coin, and how, how do you make decisions to answer God's call and also to try to protect your people?
2: What a great question. I'm sure you've heard a lot better answers <laughs> than what I'm about to give. Uh, but I do want people to know that it is something that I don't take lightly. Um, I, In our organization, we are very open-handed. Um, we do not tell people what they should or should not do. There, there are faith levels that people have, and we honor those. Uh, some people are called to move in radical faith, and you cannot force your faith or your walk with the Lord on somebody else. If people want to leave, and there, has, there have been some people that have left, uh, they're free. They're free to go. But in fact, I've seen quite the opposite uh, for many of our, many of our team members. They're there. You know, I, I face this myself personally, Todd, when I, when I went to the Congo with my wife, I was just newly married and, you know, I was a drug addict. I was a goth kid, black hair, black nails. I got radically saved. When people say that, I, it's funny. I, I don't like that term as much as I used to, uh, but in a moment I was dead and, and then I was alive as i was on the floor weeping and the holy spirit was calling me i gave my life away this life does not belong to me and i'm a father i have 3 kids i have a wife i love them all dearly but that is not they're not the end goal in my life uh, i do not serve this world i serve jesus and the kingdom that is to come is is our glory it's what we get to look forward to in our movement when people come on and when we train, we teach this. Um, and so it is not a surprise when, when, when we do face it. We send teams to the worst and the most broken in the world. That's our the lowest, the least. We, we go where, where people say you shouldn't go. I faced that when I went to Congo with my wife and that was a battle. I was, I was just newly married, moved to Mozambique and I was asked to take a team into the DRC. And some, one of the worst things you can do is research. <laughs> I, I made a deal with the lord that i would go wherever he called me to doesn't it didn't matter and so when heidi uh, said will i want you to go to the congo the only thing that could come out of my mouth was yes and i run home and i tell my wife i say, babe heidi's asked me to go to the congo we're gonna go with a uh, uh, herbert Barbudi. he's 18 cassandra uh uh ba- bass she's 17 and and I, I was 24 at the time. We're going to go into the DRC. <laughs> and, and she said, no. My wife said, no. I said, what do you mean no? Uh, I said, of course I am. You know, like, hey, hey, don't make me pull out my Christian husband man card and be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm calling this one. And uh, we went back and forth. And finally she said, you're not going. I'm going with you. And, and for the first time in my life, I had to face that I was okay going to Mozambique. I was okay living, you know, in the Christian ba- in missionary base. But I was not okay bringing my wife to what at the time was the most dangerous nation in the world, over 26 rebel groups. I think the highest rape capital in the world was in the DRC at the time. And I had to face that, and I'll never forget this. And I walked in my kitchen. it was in the next room over. I closed the door, and and here's what I prayed. I said, Lord, my wife is broken. Fix her. This is what I'm just being real, Okay. Because why would I want to? Why would I want to put my wife why would in you a place? Put her right. Her I mean, honestly, risk. you were willing to take the risk. Yeah, of course. But you didn't want to put her. Why would risk. I do that? She is everything that I know and love in this planet, separate from the Lord Himself. Like everybody else, takes a back seat. She is, and I'm also like, hey, I want to protect my wife. Why yep. would I want to do that? And the Lord spoke to me, and I, I don't want to. I never, I never preach out of what I feel. You know, the Lord's speaking to me. But it was one of the two, three times in my life where I felt. I heard his audible voice speak to me, and he said, he said, Will, this life doesn't belong to you. And he said, true life in me comes from the understanding that this life doesn't belong to you. And I wept. I realized that I was holding on. I was screaming, yes, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll serve you, Jesus. And I know that there are many that are listening that have said that, and that's beautiful, but that's easy. That's not the hard part. The hard part isn't running up to the altar and going, "I'll go anywhere." That's the easy part. And I know that a lot of people we make that altar moment with the Lord uh, the the crux of it. But it is not. It, it's just step one. And I realized in that moment I had these flashbacks of going, "Yes, you know, in the <laughs> at the church service, will you go? I'll go." You know, and then facing it, facing the reality of it, and and I. I know this sounds strange, but I just let go. I literally opened my hands, and I let go of control. And, uh, and I walked back out into my kitchen, and I apologized to my wife. She doesn't remember it, though, uh, but I, I apologized. And, and we went into the DRC, and at many times we faced all of my greatest fears. Uh, we faced, uh, I'll never forget driving uh, through rebel territory as soldiers were eyeballing her up and down. And Cassandra, who was seventeen, and going—if anything happens, these guys are these guys are going to ra- are going to rape my wife. And there was many times we faced that uh, on that trip. But as I look back over my twenty years of full time ministry, I've never I've never seen the miracles. I've never seen the the favor of God in my life to the point where we were ministering in the middle of Colonge which is on the border, the Hutu rebels, the Congolese soldiers were battling the Hutu rebels. And we walk into our, our, little, our little conference, which is just a tent. Um, and I look out, there was a man there, and I began to pray for him. And he began to weep as, as the Holy Spirit fell in his heart and touched him deeply. And as we were, as we were, as we were ending, um, he comes running up to me, he goes, I'm the captain of the Congolese army over this whole region. What just happened to me? And for two weeks... We discipled him. We would walk with him in the cool of the day. My greatest fear—just check this out. My greatest fear is something that would happen. Would happen to my wife. The moment we prayed for him, he handed us his top four guards, and 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 for for days, all the entire time that we were there, our house was surrounded with the greatest wow. trained people, and and it it all culminated to a point where we were invited onto the Congolese soldier base. I had to show the pictures to the UN. Uh, That were based in they didn't believe this because we're not allowed to even go near their bases like we're not even allowed to talk to soldiers and I was ushered on to their base and we preached this glorious gospel and thud 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 you heard them as they dropped their guns dropped to their knees and and cried out for salvation. I watched that captain get up in front of his men. There was about 300 of them there gathered on their base and for 45 minutes, sang and worshipped and led his men wow. into worship for 45 minutes. I have pictures I can show you after. And and I realized there that when we say yes to Jesus, we have to let go of control. Our lives do not belong to us. And I think, do, are our lives important? Yes. Does Jesus love us? Yes. But he will do anything to reach to reach the lost, the poor, the sick, and the needy we've had to face this multiple times Um, and most recently I've had to face this as a leader where uh, I was in Mozambique I sent a team out um, and they went missing in the middle of all this we were feeding in response to a cyclone and they went missing and I was there with one of their wives and their newborn baby and she was pregnant as as I had to say hey we we don't know where the boat is and we're not picking anything up on satellite, and there was war, and we knew that they knew that going in, but I watched that fear hit that wife, um, and it's one of those things that I struggle with as a leader, and I think it's healthy, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we we this life does not belong to us, and the people that we run with are a tribe that that believes the exact same.
1: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Will Hart. He is the CEO of Iris Global. Will, we've talked about what's happening with the, the terrorists in Mozambique. What's, what's God doing in the midst of this?
2: Well, there's always darkness, but we see his face in it all. We see his face in the poor, the sick, the needy, and the broken. And as I talked with Heidi, because the questions that are asked, how many Christians are being persecuted? And and Heidi's response is, they are all receiving Jesus. <laughs> I watched a video this morning, as a man told the story of his how his three children were killed, and he fled. And right there, Heidi says, "Do you want to receive Jesus?" And with tears running down his face, he said, "Yes." Jesus is moving in the midst of persecution, and I know I, I hear it voice in the martyrs. You guys could tell me much better, much more in a history of that, but. But we are watching this gospel continue to go and continue to grow. And with the enemy plans for destruction, Jesus will use to advance his kingdom and bring glory to his name. Uh, history has told us that, and we are seeing the same thing take place. Amen. I, I talked, uh, maybe I don't know if I should sh- share this, but I talked with our leader, Heidi, yesterday. And, and I said, can I get you out? and listen i know that there's like emotion in these times and i know that there's like um she's not just my my leader she's my mom you know like i love this woman i've i've been serving i've been serving them for 16 years and and she wants to stay and they're coming south they're, they're, the next big city is pemba the next big city they've hit all the other ones and i hear that like i there's there's people, Liz, Anna, and Rafa, these are people that I've done life with. Like, I have, I have raised babies with these kids. I've, And they're all just, none of them are saying, we want to go. And Heidi, at the core, is saying, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I know that I don't have the luxury of knowing everything that's going to come. The stuff that he reveals, I'm grateful for. And he does. But at the same time, we know that he's going to use this uh, for his glory, and it's it's amazing not to just hear people say it because anybody can say it at an altar, anybody can say it at a missions conference. But when you actually get the ability to walk with people that that do it, it is it is amazing. And our and our Mozambican pastors and leaders, so often we just talk about the missionaries, but. Our most embarking pastors and leaders are like running, running full steam into the middle of this. They are not backing down. I I will I, <laughs> I will write papers on this. I will write books on on what I've seen and heard um, in the years to come. This is yeah, we're seeing it. We're witnessing it. I've heard the stories, but to be able to be a part of the the movement.
1: Well, as we finish up, I want to ask two last questions. Sure. One is, we have listeners to Voice of the Martyrs Radio that are sensing a call to go to Mozambique or to go to yeah. some other nation and serve the Lord, how would you advise them? Uh, especially, I'm thinking of young people yeah. who are maybe just starting to realize, man, I think God wants me to go. Yeah, Advise them or give them some next
2: steps. Yeah. So one of the things that we do is we train up missionaries in our organization. We we partner very closely with a lot of organizations. We're, we're big friends with YWAM and If anybody is looking to go, um, I would encourage you to get training, get equipped to the best of your ability, and begin to ask some of these questions that we're actually seeing now. I think it's good to face some of that, wrestle with some of that before you get on the ground. On the flip side, though, Todd, if I can be really honest, (laughs) if I can be really, really, really honest, it's great to talk about it in the
1: studio or in the classroom. It's a little different when it's your wife. And, and yeah. the soldiers with the guns are looking at her.
2: So a, I am uh, a I don't tell any of our mission like or any of our students. I am a big proponent of go. Jesus, he said it to the twelve, uh, Luke chapter ten. He releases the seventy two with the exact same commissioning, uh, the healing uh, of the de- demonized man. Uh, Jesus casts the demons out of him and sends him out to the town. He releases him into full time ministry when he was saved, maybe twenty five minutes, an hour. He sends them out. I'm a big proponent of if the Lord is calling you, go. Sometimes we make it into steps and meetings and learn this thing, but at the end of the day, who is Jesus inside of you? Do you really love him? And the things that keep me going, the things that keep me continuing to give my life away is is purely out of love. We are compelled by love of Jesus to give our lives away for the sake of the gospel. And, uh, yes, get training. Um Go, go, and get the best training from the best, whoever that is. But nothing will replace the positioning of yourself amongst the poor, the sick, the needy, and the broken. And I say that knowing that we have lost missionaries. Okay, this is not a, this is not a light a light thing. Knowing that missionaries have been hurt, but at the end of the day, if you are one of those that has the calling of the Lord, and I know that He spoke that to me so clearly, there wasn't anything that could stop me at, at, at seventeen years old. I was saved all of six months, and I moved to Paraguay. I had no money. I had $200, $200 a month w- that was coming in. And I failed Spanish one three times in high school. I was a drug addict, and I moved to Paraguay. And I would walk the streets, and I, would, and I watched God move. I wasn't a part of an organization. I just went. So you're getting a little bit, you know, I know there's maybe some moms and grandmas and grandpas that are like, this kid's crazy. Yes, I am because I was dead, and now I'm alive. Amen. But if you don't, if you're doing it to become a social justice warrior, or if you're doing it to fight just for justice, Jesus didn't give his life solely for justice. We are not an aid organization. It's a beautiful thing. Leave mm-hmm. that to the governments or <laughs> leave that to the UN. You know they're much more organized uh, than than we are. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs
1: Radio with Will Hart. He is the CEO of Iris Global. Their website, by the way, is irisirisglobal.org. We will give you a link at vomradio.net. Well, last thing, we, sure. we always want to equip listeners to pray, and so let's talk specifically about Mozambique. Yeah, How can we pray for the church there? Yeah, How can we pray for Iris Global and your staff there? And how can we pray for the country as a whole?
2: Yeah, uh, well, threefold. I think, one, um, we need to be praying for the pastors— uh, for those who are on the front lines uh, and 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 the villagers that are there. Uh, those guys are in the middle of it, Northern Mozambique, Cabo Delgado. And pray, pray protection, the stories of God's intervention, uh, which I know if you're a part of, of of voice of the martyrs, you've heard it, those things are taking place, but pray for the sovereign deliverance of of these people. Pray pray for it. Secondly, uh, protection. Uh, for our for our bases for our teams, and pray that this revival will go forth. Uh, I I am a firm believer that revival comes in the midst of persecution. Uh, it, history history has told us that in China, and so pray that yeah, what the all enemy, the way back
1: to the Book of Acts. Yeah, <laughs>
2: pray that what the enemy has planned for destruction that Jesus will use to glorify His name, and then yeah, pray 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 for our missionaries. Uh, and their families. We have missionaries there with young families. Pray for Heidi, and we're all in our leaders. Uh, just pray. Pray that the will of God will be done. I am, I am too young to understand uh, it all, and I don't want to get to a place where I do, but I know that his hand is in this. As challenging as it is for me to say mm-hmm. that, I see his hand moving, and just pray that his will will be done, and that he will glorify his name through our lives.
1: Amen. I hope you will pray this week for the nation of Mozambique. I hope you will pray for the gospel workers who are there, and as Will has said, especially the pastors who are running into danger, who are staying in danger to serve the Lord, to serve the people of their congregations. Will, I'm excited by your passion. I, that comes through. I know our listeners are going to be excited by that. Thanks for your ministry. Thanks for your heart. And thanks for being our guest on Voice of the Martyrs
2: Radio. Thank you so much, Todd. And, and if people want to see, we, we're putting out some videos on our YouTube channel. And you can just Google Iris Global, uh, and there's a beautiful video that we just put up. Um, but yeah, the, and Instagram, uh, we keep as many testimonies and, and pictures of, of what's going on uh, yeah, as well.
1: Pray for our brothers and sisters in Mozambique this week, and join us again next week right here... On the Voice of the Martyrs radio network.
0: Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more a tax-deductible in Australia. This has been a production of VOM Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.